Today, the episode is a little bit different. We are actually recording from a minivan on our way to Chicago from Detroit. The quality is going to be different than what you're used to. We're not in our regular studio, but yet we are still doing an episode for you. But the episode is going to be just as good because we got our good friend, somebody you know and love that's been on the podcast many times before, Vincent Williams, and he came with us on our trip to Detroit. We're going to talk about two very interesting things. One, we're going to talk a little bit about a comedy show that we went to presented by ABBA and Preach. You know them from the YouTube channel, ABBA and Preach. And then we're going to talk about some observations we've made as of late as a group of friends about Vivek Ramaswamy stemming from his performance at the first Republican primary debate and an appearance he made on NBC's Meet the Press with Chuck Todd. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K Cartoon. This is RX Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics, current news, and relevant subjects with a philosophical and comedic flair. And our take on it, two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Go on over to our website, that's hangingwithapes.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip-hop, go to any major music streaming platform, type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. Like always, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. You want to help us stay independent go to our website you can donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merch and if you know somebody that would be interested in the things that we talk about please share the episode with them we're on all podcast platforms it doesn't take much to hit that send button and have something to connect over and bond over as we did as a group of friends on this trip to detroit um i am going to let you guys now kind of set the stage for what took place as I'm going to start getting on the road driving. Uh, so we'll start off with the Abba and Preach thing and then we'll move into Vivek Ramaswamy. You guys are going to hear some road noise. You guys are going to hear some bumps, but we have to get back to Chicago. We can't stay in Detroit forever. Even Detroit, even though Detroit wants us to stay here forever, we can't. So on the road we go. Yeah, so um, this was a nice little reprieve. Um, kind of Twiz or K Cartoon, he had uh, told us, "Hey, uh, Album Preacher, going to be in uh, in Detroit, so let's take a little trip or whatever." I'm like, "Oh yeah, whatever, I'm down." So he said, "Detroit," and that's when I was like, "Well, I'm out because I don't want to be here." <laughs> now nah, I'm just playing. No, I was like, "Yeah, I'm down." Because I've never been to Detroit, so I wanted to see what it was all about. One of my favorite rappers of all time um, lives here, obviously. Came from here, Eminem. And so I was like, oh, I kind of want to see, like, the city. And we actually ended up going to go see his childhood home, which was not there. Yeah, it was demolished. <laughs> demolished, yeah. And uh, and then, obviously, uh, you know, just looked around, caught, caught, caught a Tigers game. Big Vince was letting us know. We went to Eminem's restaurant, Mom's Spaghetti. Oh, yeah, yeah, we did. 
Why? What's the significance of that name? Like the name? Why does it call Mom Spaghetti? Because from the song "Lose Yourself" is like the line. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom Spaghetti. So a lot of people that are into Eminem and know his music instantly know that reference. And ergo, he named his restaurant after that, which it basically is a restaurant that just serves spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> Which and was good. It was I. It was like, and it's it served in like them uh, Chinese food containers. So that was that was kind of interesting. Like the way it's also served. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I guess I was expecting a, a larger area, like an actual seating area, and and I guess more traditional style. Is what yeah. I was expecting. I thought I thought it was cool because I had like that little mini um, store inside of it that had like little memorabilia. It's very minimalist. Yeah. yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, but it was it was dope. And, well, obviously, the reason we, we came was to see Alvin preach. Big Vince, this was your introduction to Alvin preach. It's a little different because, like, their YouTube channel is kind of like commentary on, on, on videos, whether it be, um, uh, like, something that goes viral or something that has to do with culture usually they kind of stay in, in the cultural realm of things yeah but uh and I'm, they are uh avid haters of the red pill though that is that part about them is where uh i kind of deviate from from them and their content because they they i don't know i've never heard them say they hate the red pill but everything that 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 the way they comment on red pill content and people that are in the red pill manosphere realm, they they uh, seem to really not like them too much. What was your first take on on them, Big Vince? So my first take is that the arb the gatekeepers of truth have always been preachers and comedians, and. That's what I that's what I get out of Abba and Preach a little bit is like they're willing to speak. Good comedians, by the way, are able to speak truth and and, and put it in a and put it in a digestible way. And actually, let me add a third uh, uh, proponent to that. It's preachers, comedians, and musicians. They've always been the gatekeepers of truth and able to put truth in a way that's digestible to the masses. You know, uh, uh, preachers are able to spit biblical teachings and biblical uh, scripture to their to their followings. Musicians are, well, musicians used to be able to put uh, the truth and, and, and attach it to a catchy beat. That's what Eminem used to do. Um, and now, and then comedians will be able to speak truth and make it funny, make it digestible. That's what Chris Rock does. That's what Dave Chappelle does. Steve Harvey, who I thought was always a very underrated stand-up comedian. And now, you, and now Abba and Preach, they had overall, they had their moments. Um, you know, they had, they had their moments where they spoke, uh, um, some truth like um what well, what the, did you feel was a nugget of truth that they spoke so i thought the and, and this is going this comment's going to trigger you guys but um i thought 
I don't get triggered. Oh, when the fuck do we get triggered? What this is fuck? you guys are gonna get triggered over this comment because I can't wait. He, <laughs> at one point, he said he reeled everyone in and said, "Yeah, you know, I've been married." Now I think this was Preach who said this. Preach yeah. was the one with the braids, right? Yeah. So Preach. Dreads. Dreads. Yeah. He said, "Um, oh yeah, you know, me and my wife, we can't have kids, and you know." Real have roped and doped the audience into an emo oh, an emotional response, and then he said, "Because I love money too much." <laughs> I remember that. And what was what would what would be triggering about that? That was to a us? glorious comment. Because I mean, a lot of the arguments from the red pill community about not having children and not getting married, I get. I'm looking at it more from a larger top-down philosophical perspective so if we have people who don't want to get married don't want to have children what happens to society because if you look at the Greeks the the Greek Empire that's one of the things that took down their empire that people weren't having families anymore people weren't reproducing there was mass homosexuality it, uh, it eventually happened. It happened to the Romans. We'll be we'll be uh, brothers and sisters holding hands for one last sunset, opting out of a raw deal. Yeah, Russ Cole, yeah. baby. <laughs> and I just I think there's a greater meaning to life than just chasing money, uh, slaving away at the at the widget factory. Oh, I make I make you know I help this company make this product and. To me, there's, there's got to be a greater meaning to life. And I think a part of that greater meaning to life is potentially having is starting a family and having something, attempting to have something to pass along to a, a, a future generation. Yeah, but you could do that without having kids. This is true. So... Arguments it's, <laughs> like So it, it's... That that's me. I'm, I'm on the highway now. I'm looking at a Ford. That's something that Henry Ford left to many people beyond his his own children. So you could do exactly what you said without having kids. I guess I'm looking at it more from the from the uh, a spiritual realm, and I think that's where that's where people have lost have lost sight of it. The purpose of but, marriage. Uh, so, but the, from the spiritual realm. Or the, 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 the biblical sense. The the, the purpose of having a, a marriage was to have a bond and present your, you know, present yourself as a, as a more, as a unit to, uh, to mirror, to mirror God. Right, and it's that, also supposed to be in sickness and in, in health and death do you part, and that does not exist in this nation anymore. Unfortunately, that's and that's where we've lost our way. And so, at, at at that point, when when we're at a cultural decline when it comes to marriage, when it comes to the family structure, you'd have to say that you'd be dumb to go down that road unless. Or at least understand that if you do go down that road, that you are taking a great risk. Would you not say that? Would you not agree to that comment? 
I mean, there's risks. I mean, sure, there's risk to everything. Yes, so, but now the thing to me is when you start when you bring a child into the world, you have a responsibility to that child. I'm very triggered, Vince. I'm very <laughs> triggered. <you know? laughs> and so, a lot of times in today's day and age, and I'm, I guess maybe it's also who you pick to have a child with. Um, you run the risk of the the woman not letting you be part of the child's life. You risk the if if you wanted to have a family, you risk not having the family if she just doesn't want to be with you anymore. So a lot of these things you have to take into account. I'm not saying that 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 I you and, know. And with everything and, he just said, you risk it even if you perform to absolute perfection. Yes. You you still risk it. And so to me, it, it's it's a uh, it's a vastly different landscape than. than you want to turn the level the, down the a little bit before? because I don't mean to interrupt you, but uh, you want to turn the level down slightly because of the road. The, the it road. could. Let me see. Just slightly, because yeah, right the in the road, middle. The road north. There's better. Yeah. There we go. Sorry, sorry, folks. We had a, a, a not a technical difficulty, but we are being proactive because we don't want the we don't want uh, the audio to clip. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and you know it's badass because we're recording like. So usually we'll, we'll record from an interface, but then I end up bringing it into like the program. We're actually recording straight into the program. So this is a first, so and hopefully. We, and we normally record from a comfortable room. Yeah. Seats, and I, I don't have to worry about driving and talking. <laughs> Not uh, eating a pothole. Right. So that's pretty crazy. But uh, where was I? Well, I... Listen, I, I get all of the financial and and, and uh, other hazards like that. But more than the financial, well, yeah, the financial is important because, like, let's say you work for what you, for the world that you want. Also, if you go down the marriage, children, if she leaves, she's taking half. So that's that. Especially if you're a high, high value uh, individual, high value man, where, like, you're particularly the, the the breadwinner now but what i'm saying too is not being able to uh be part of your child's life that that has has nothing to do with finances but it's like you feel that you have that responsibility to uh be there for your child and and for a person to be to get in the way of that that's a risk that's a risk you take because you don't know that you can you know what i mean you you can so, uh, so what? So what life. happens to society? I told if, you if too, already. If too many, if so many people, because we deny our own programming, <laughs> brothers and sisters holding hands towards one last sunset, opting out of a raw deal. Big Vince, what don't you understand? Here's the thing, because <laughs> I think, I think there's an argument to be made. There's an argument to be made that. This whole uh, um, lack of um, wanting to start families, I think that could be another tentacle of the depopulation movement. Yeah, so, so I they, do agree with you that. So the depopulation movement, I mean, they have an actual physical component. You know, they, they want to throw a syringe. And they want to throw a needle into everyone's arm. 
Hey um, man, don't don't get us deplatformed, big kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's, I think there's a, a, there's an actual, there's another physical component when you talk about abortion, when you talk about mass crime, or just violent crime in general. That's uh, that's being not only propagated but encouraged. And when you when you convince people, because there there's a segment of women that are like, yeah, f that f that dude. I'm about this bag. I'm about this money. And then you have men that are like, yeah, go your own way, fellas. Don't don't worry. Don't worry. Go your about own way, money. gentlemen. Yeah. So <laughs> it's I, I I feel like I feel like there's there's another cultural evolution that can happen after this one where society is appropriate where where society can encourage people yeah, to, I, to I, unify as one and I, I totally deviate with you from from there I, you, I think you've uh, adopted the notion which is I know I was joking with you earlier of calling you a tradcon but you have adopted the Tranicot notion that things could go back. They will never go back. Not necessarily go back, but evolve into evolve into another way of thinking, evolve into another cultural mindset. Because no, no cultural mindset just lasts forever. A hundred percent. But I think what we are, what we're in, in, in engaging in now, is the evolution. And we are, and I'm saying. After this one, there has to be another evolution. Like I'm, I'm trying to exercise some forethought as to where, where does society go from here? Because the elites are still reproducing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we just, I mean, we yeah, see it now. George Soros just handed over the what is it, the Great, the Open Society Foundation, over to his son. Yeah, they are, and I do agree a hundred percent. Which many other. Uh, uh, the more sophisticated red pillars do agree with what the what you said, the notion you expressed about it being like we're us that don't care to re, to reproduce or procreate are playing into the hand of of those um, that are for the depopula uh, depopulation uh, agenda. A hundred percent, I do agree with that, but. Those that have this philosophy aren't doing it because of that. We're doing it because you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yes, 100%, I do agree that it does play into the hands of, of those that, that have that, uh, uh, what is it, the, uh, the Malthusian, if I'm not mistaken, that's the philosophy, the, the Malthusian philosophy of depopulization. Uh, depopulation. But the problem with it is the other route, because we are in between a rock and a hard place, the other route is incurring all of the risk that 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 RX expressed earlier. We incur all of that risk for something that at the end of the day will still possibly play into their hands because there's no guarantee that your children will adopt the same philosophy you do. There's no guarantee that they'll adopt the same belief system you do, which we see across the board. And why do we see it? Because there's so many fatherless homes 
and there's so many issues that come along with marriage and my thing is I'm not that arrogant like I don't think that I can do it better than all of these people like I don't think I'm that I don't think I'm smarter than them I don't think I'm better than them I don't think I'm more sophisticated than them I think that there's a high likelihood that the way I play the game would probably end up in the same situation as them and I'm good now that there's pro that's where I think we do have share some common ground because I don't think we live in a society right now where uh, bringing another life into this world is appropriate I mean we're on the verge of World War 3 okay there's all kinds of chemicals in the water in the food heck most of the food we probably eat is not even real to begin with um, you know there, there, there's human trafficking going on there, there's all there's all kind of things going on that yeah maybe bringing another life into the world at this juncture in society is not the best idea so that's that's where I think we have some common ground I'm just once as once again and, and RX you know you can jump in here too I'm trying to have some forethought as to where does society evolve from here it's hard because I feel like the Western mentality or the Western culture is uh, kind of in a civil war right now and I'm not quite sure like where we end up after this that, 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 and that yeah that's that's what I'm saying like where yeah because on, on one end you have like okay you have the guys the the, the group of people that like the, the whole Bud Light protest situation which caused damage to Bud Light so much so that they had to sell parts of their company that does say something uh, Disney's performance as of late says something about our society as well we can't always just look at oh well, the ESG oh the Black Lives Matter oh the LGBTQ because now there has been a pushback but I think that from from that standpoint what you're getting is like well what is the truth when it comes to like a lot of these uh, wow. I guess fake I don't know I don't know what word I can use for for some of the stuff I mean just the really agenda? like the, the the, yeah the, the agendas but, but but more so like because see these agendas what they do is they um they'll push their truth that's not a truth that's what the fuck they deem to be the truth i could say the sky is green right now and i could push that as an agenda and then people get back behind it but that doesn't mean that that's the truth you know what i'm saying and so a lot of this what's going on is like like this is a perfect example what is a woman is a documentary that came out what 2022 yeah i believe yeah. so in the last couple years it came out that is a documentary based around the, one of the most rudimentary questions you could ever ask somebody but yet we live in a world where it's so convoluted yeah yeah and so to me it's like well yeah we could fight those battles but the dynamics between men and women, where, where is the battle to be fought? And like, what is what is it that we're fighting? And so that to me is is like the, the I guess the, where I would be confused as to 
I mean, I, again, I know that there's a risk to anything, anything that you do. If I were to buy a building, I'm risking my capital that I built up. And if I make a bad deal, that's my ass. But I guess it's a lot more of a digestible risk because you know that you're putting in what you do and your knowledge. When you add other people, it's harder, right? Like, like team, team play is hard because it's like, well, I don't know if you're going to make the shot. You get me? There's a reason why Jordan took the last shot, right? Not everybody else, not always. Yeah. So, so, so to me, that's where it becomes kind of hard because, like, the way so society has changed as well is like, well, a lot of like the legal ramifications that you'd have to deal with are not even up in the same playing field. Yeah. When it comes to men and women and those dynamics, so to me, it's a, it's a little hard to really and then, then this is at the midst of AI what the fuck is that gonna do yeah, right? that, yeah that's a good point that's, a, that's another great, great so so, so it's, it's hard because sometimes when I listen to chat cons talk I feel like they sound like uh, <laughs> like Jehovah's Witnesses almost yeah like they press the issue to the point where you're like, all right, cool. Do you it, even believe this shit? It's like there? kind of delusional almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not to rag on Jehovah's Witnesses, but like the way they approach their religion is they, they like, they push it to the point where when you push something, it's like overly. Sometimes it's like, it makes you question, does this person even believe this or are they just being told to do this? You get me? Yeah. Like when I go buy a speaker at Best Buy, I'm buying it because I know what the fuck I, I researched it. I know what I don't need you to convince me for this. Right. I know what I want, and so I guess the way tradcon sound, it's like it's very cookie cutter to me. And, and then they speak from the uh, from the from their status, like Ben Shapiro. We're not Ben Shapiro. We're not Matt Walsh. You know, like. These motherfuckers could afford certain things. It's a different level, financial level. So, so a lot of the times, what happens with Republicans, traditional conservatives, to be exact, is they they try to put stuff on you that that, and then they forget where most of society is at on a median household income level. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what the possibilities are for 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 them as opposed to you you know and so there's a disconnect there well i don't blame i don't blame the personalities for that i i blame the people the end of the the, the listeners if you want to i mean like for example uh 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 like for candace owens she's someone that you know i overall i kind of like um she has a quite a few opinions that I don't like and but just because I just because I've listened to her just because I'm a fan of hers doesn't mean that I'm just gonna take everything that she says hook line and sinker so I, I more so blame that what you're talking about on the followers the, the, the audience like yeah, yeah. You, you can be a fan of someone, but you don't have to listen to everything that they say. Yeah, that, that's a that's a solid point because that's basically how we started this whole discussion because I talked about how anti-red pill I've been preached 
seemed to come off. Yeah, and still we went to one of their shows and still enjoyed it because we were able to compartmentalize as listeners. That's one we're, portion of a human being. Right, and so it's like you you digest what you what you like and what you respect and you jettison the rest. But along with that, you do see how there's some people that will completely absorb the ideology because when they were on stage at the show and they said, fuck Fresh and Fit and like, oh, I wish Fresh and Fit could see this and like basically deriding Fresh and Fit, which I'm not a huge Fresh and Fit fan, but I'm not like totally against them either. Like you saw the crowd went wild. Yeah. And I made an observation about the crowd that went wild. Number one, you saw a lot of soy boys. Yeah, it, it, the, the, the guys looked very soy. And one thing I noticed about Detroit, an observation I made, sorry, Detroit, but I got to keep it 2G right now. Hana. A lot of the women in Detroit seem to be dating down. And I don't see that a lot in Chicago. I see more women in Chicago, like they, they're dating up or it, 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 it appears that they're dating up. Now, granted, this is just from you know, a surface level perspective, but I still think, you know, anecdotal observations mean something. And you coincide that with the anti-red pill ideology and it tracks. It's like, okay, these guys look kind of soy. The women are, seem to be dating down. So the women seem to have higher sexual marketplace value than the guys. So you're gonna get more guys that are willing to adapt the blue pill philosophy, perhaps out of necessity. I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've, and then you coincide that with the things that Fresh and Fit, I mean, uh, Abbott and Preach have said about Fresh and Fit and the red pill. It's like, hmm, that, that's very interesting, you know? Yeah. And, and yet and still, I'm able to compartmentalize that I still rock with, with Abbott preached to an extent, but in that regard, I do not. Which I think that's one of the bigger crises in in America right now is the lack of ideological nuance. You can't, you know, yeah. it's, it's either it's either oh I'm all in on this person or I'm totally out. I'm like, listen, the there was this one guy uh, whose video I played for you, uh, Royce White. Royce White is a guy who, overall, I think, I, I think he's very based on a lot of different issues. One area that I disagree with is him on reparations. He's a big reparations guy. He's a big reparations for black people type of uh, type of argument. And I think rep, I think the talk of reparations muddies up a lot of the economic arguments that get had. I'm, I'm not a just, I'm not a reparations oh, we need reparations for black people, we need reparations for Italians, we need reparations for Jewish people. I mean, Jewish people have been getting reparations for 50 years and they're still asking for it, but you know, it's, so I'm able to have the ideological nuance to, hey, agree with him, where I do disagree with him on things that I don't. And it's less and less I'm and 
I'm seeing that more from mainstream, larger parts of society. Yeah, but it's crazy though because that's um, the type of guys that we are and the type of people we listen to. Um, we we know where to segment them and what we agree or disagree on, but we're also open to the argument that the person that you disagree with has. It makes you think, it makes you use your brain. And you were telling me, um, is that someone beeping? <laughs> you hear that? Yes, yeah, yeah, I think that's sound the sound from the truck. Truck's about to blow up. But yeah, so so to me, like it was badass that you were. I forgot the dude's name that you were mentioning the, the, from Rumble. You were saying that. Um, oh, um, yeah, yeah, I know you're talking. You're like, about. oh yeah, I listened to him. Yeah, and it's just, um, yeah, and it's like he's. I feel that he's kind of bigoted towards blacks. Uh, the guy's name is Vincent James. And um, I, I feel that he's kind of bigoted towards blacks. But um, as I said, I think his I think his stances on a lot of different things are solid. I think his presentation and the research that he does is very solid. But he does appear bigoted towards people who look like me, which is fine. Like, you know, my but, life is not going to be in jeopardy because of, of, of one guy. So... But it, it's kind of a but, wild notion that you're, you're. See, so many in today's day and age, so many people once they like feel that someone's bigoted, they won't even listen to them. Yeah. Which is like the biggest gravest mistake that you can make as a person because you are not listening to the person as a whole. That's what, it. And that, what did what did I, and what did I tell you earlier? I would like to have a conversation with like a a real white supremacist. That, that's another thing that I don't rock with Abba and preach about because when on their channel when they were celebrating Nick uh, when they were celebrating fresh and fit uh, being kicked out of the YouTube partnership program basically they're not able to get any more super chats and like do their 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 streaming the way they did it before where they're able to make the money that they made before uh, one of the things that they talked about in regards to why they felt that YouTube was justified in operating the way that they did because they are so red mill because YouTube's not justified in that, especially us being from the United States and believing in free speech and what have you. But anyway, uh, they also talked about, I guess, uh, Nick Fuentes was on the Fresh and Fit podcast and they basically were making the argument, oh, well, they deserve it because they, they, they platform Nick Fuentes. And I don't know if you remember some time ago, just pearly things was getting a lot of pushback from people because she had Nick Fuentes on her podcast and you know Nick Fuentes people refer to him as a racist and all of this so that just goes to enforce the point that that Vince just made about having an open enough mind to listen to people even if there's part of what they believe or their ideology that you don't agree with because yeah. uh, even um even uh, uh, the guys, there was another one, another video we saw today, John Doyle, the guy with the uh, the MAGA hat on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people frame him as as, as racist and and stuff like that. And I, I still, now I don't, I don't think, I think he's probably the least bigoted of those three guys that we just mentioned. But, you know, I, I still, because I, I, I want to know, like, is it 
is it so the the, the white supremacists do they not like black people because of their skin color or is it because the culture and politics black people tend to bring around because i mean you said you're gonna keep it 2g i'm gonna keep it 5g you know what i'm saying everything a lot of things that black people touch turn to shit you know what i'm saying you go to you know what I'm saying whether it's neighborhoods or or the economy or the, the, the culture it's like everything black people support leads to death and, le and, and leads to a, a rotting of society so if I'm a white person I'm like yeah I don't want that around I don't want that around my kids and, I, don't, and, I don't want you and to add some context to the listeners the whatever new listeners that don't know you Vince himself is black so this is coming from you know, these are the. This is the perspective of a black guy. You know, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I know I don't have a stereotypical black voice. So. I mean, <laughs> it's not. It's not even. It's not even that. It's just you know, people may not know you know that part about your background or what have you, and then it's like, oh well, who is this saying this? You know, but it's like, it. You know, if I, if if I'm a white person, I'm in a neighborhood, and some some black guy comes strolling down the street in a charger blasting music nigga 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 this and and you know weed smokes coming out coming out the whip yeah i'm i don't i don't want that i don't want that around my children right so there's so that's that's what i'd like to know like is it actual skin color or is it culture and politics or is there something else at work and i'm and i'm willing to have that or try to have that conversation with someone who doesn't like me from my skin color yeah that's um that's the type of perspective though to have and and observe some of the topics that 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 people mention and have these questions but again this comes from being an intellectual person a more sophisticated person and that's why um, a lot of times we're not going to sit there and be like oh well I'm not listening to Alvin Preach because they just said fuck fresh and fit not fuck fresh and fit I'll probably be like I still fuck with fresh and fit but I like some of the shit Alvin Preach has to say let me see what's to him yeah. and so it was it was definitely uh a badass event because it was like a it was more stand-up than it was what what their material on youtube is yeah. it was actually just a stand-up uh show so it was abba it was preach and then it was a guy that that they work with which i thought was the better comedian yeah yeah you can tell he had um some stand-up comedian experience yeah and so there was there was more of a flow to yeah. his uh um yeah to his routine it, it was sharper was sharper but i don't know like to what extent because um it was badass because at the end they had us they they, they were like, oh we'll take questions from people and then uh k cartoon had the last question he's like how did you guys become friends and that question ended up being like the, a, a badass ending to the whole show and, and got like a, a roaring applause yeah so thank you k cartoon for asking the questions that matter <laughs> 
you're hanging with apes, we ask the questions that matter. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they were talking. They were talking about how they were doing a show. So I guess they were in Haiti. Yeah. And I guess they were like stand-up comics first. I would assume. Because like, what what else are you going to be doing? So they, they didn't really elaborate. But uh, it was kind of cool seeing them in that light because I, I was not expecting that. But all in all, it was cool. It was a cool observation of the crowd that follows them. It was a cool observation of like how big they are because like they were able to. It was a small venue. It was it was Andrew Hall venue over in Detroit. Uh, but it was it was full. Yeah. And it was uh, people that, were very enthusiastic. That was one of what you mentioned about the observation. That was one of my favorite parts. That's actually one of my favorite parts about traveling in general. Yeah, is like the observations that you make like when we crossed over to canada because during this trip we we, we you know the for anybody that doesn't know windsor canada is right on the border with detroit so it's it was literally a 10 minute drive from where we were staying to cross into windsor uh and we we crossed into windsor and it looked totally different. And the first observation that I was able to make about Canada was that I could 100% see that Drake comes from this place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, it, it was like, uh, there was like, um, what, how could I put it? It was like, at least the, the area where we were, and I, you know, I don't like to make general blankets general statements about about everybody uh but the with the people in the area that we were in, it was sort of like a nightlife area it they were definitely the type that like wore like they 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 wanted the image of being hard but everything about their personality was kind of soft yeah <laughs> and uh and that's that's always been like my assessment of drake yeah Is that because he's canadian eh? yeah that you know that kind of tough it's like he tries it's like he tries to fluctuate between being a tough guy but, and, and then he, but the tough guy act doesn't fly at least not with me like i don't buy no him. no like the tough guy fly the tough guy stuff doesn't fly if you're a tough guy. Like, like he, like, yeah. like he tries, he tries to, he has the tough guy raps, and then like on the same track, he'll have some kind of song, he'll have some kind of line that's like simping for women, and, and it's just that's always been my disconnect with him. Is like you just know though, like when meeting people, you know, because like there's people that are super quiet that you can tell that motherfucker stuff. Yeah, you. They have like a look where it says like, ah, uh, not this dude. Yeah, exactly. And so you know when you watch how people operate and their body language and what they say and how they say it. If you're just if you're just aware, and if you've come from the environment that lets you like kind of be hyper vigilant of that shit. Like I was just telling you guys about that guy from uh, the Adam Twenty Two. Yeah, the crib man guy, like, I can tell that motherfucker was so manufactured. And so it's like, bro, you ain't tough. Like, you just know who's tough and who's not. These are observations you made. And it's not me hating. It's like, I don't hate. Like, whatever. Do whatever you do. Ain't got shit to do with me. But at the same time, too, it's like, these are the things that you observe. And, and you 
and I did like a lot of it was kind of like Hollywood-esque not yeah. Hollywood-esque in the sense of like it felt like Hollywood but like it was all for show oh look at me in the car I gotta I, make noise real, real I gotta make ostent, noise ostentatious yeah. yeah which a lot of people when they operate in that manner now, now somebody who is tough but doesn't necessarily come off as tough in the political realm Vivek Ramaswamy and oh. us three on this trip have talked about him at length because I feel like us three are on the same page of the level of interest we have in what is occurring in the Republican Party and the impact that he's having on the primaries and Rick and I have talked about it at length on the podcast, but this was our first time actually able to talk about it with you, Vince, as a group of friends sitting down in a comfortable setting. And I think it's good that we express a little bit of, of what we talk about, of what we talked about on the podcast. Um, so starting off, kind of kicking it off, Vince, I'd like to ask you, what were your thoughts on his performance at the debate? Um, well, as I said, debate, there's really only been one presidential or political debate that has really changed my opinion about a, a candidate, and that was the 2016 uh, presidential election between uh, Trump and Hillary. And that Trump's performance in that debate is what really... That, that's that's in earnest when I kind of got on the Trump bandwagon was after that debate and then after that I rewatched um what he did in the the GOP debates um so for the large part debates don't change my opinion on the candidates and neither did this one like going in I already knew Vivek was gonna be the star of the show DeSantis would, you know, he would be all right. He, he wouldn't help his cause, and nor would he step on any rakes. Um, and then largely everyone else is just, uh, uh, what's the guy, Chris Christie? He's going to be the brawler. He's going to try to muddy things up and get dirt on everyone. And then everyone else is just going to be there. And by and large, that's kind of what happened. I thought Vivek was the star of the show. Um, and then De DeSantis, DeSantis, honestly, that's probably where I was wrong a little bit. DeSantis was just there. I don't think he did a particularly great job, but he, he was he, just... He didn't have an as a he visible performance that I, as I thought he was. Yeah. Like, I thought... I thought the, the, the one thing that I would say I was wrong about uh, uh, in terms of my prediction of what would happen to the in the first Republican primary debate was that I thought DeSantis would implode his campaign. But because he played it so safe in regards to like attacking people and not really like getting in, into any scuffles with anybody, I think he preserved himself. Um, I don't think that's going to work going for much longer because eventually you're going to have to get more crazy than that but i also don't think that he helped himself none either yeah i feel overall for him 
it was a win in the sense that he he's more of a household name than Ramaswamy. So for him, not that he won the debate, but for his campaign and where it's at, he survived. He survived, which is a big deal because in some polls he's still competing versus Ramaswamy. But if Ramaswamy and Trump start doing ads that that highlight which I have not seen a Ramaswamy ad yet, so I don't even know if they exist. I would like to see like how he goes about things when, if and when he does start putting out ads. Yeah. But at least for now, if Trump starts using that clip of DeSantis waiting to raise his hand based off of other people raising their hand on whether or not they would support Trump if he ends up being the nominee, and DeSantis basically waited, saw everybody to the left of him raise their hand, which Ramaswamy's hand shot up first, then a few others to the left of him, and like not many to the right of him, and then he raised his hand, that makes him look really bad. Like that is textbook career politician shit. You go whichever way the wind blows, and if you highlight that more and more about him, it is going to hurt him. And I thought that was his worst moment of the debate. And if the media highlighted that more, He'd be I, toast. I think he he would be toast. But the reason why they're not highlighting that more is because Ramaswamy stole the show so much that as we are going to talk about in this segment, now they've pivoted the mainstream media to start going after him as we saw watching meet the press uh, yesterday in yeah. the hotel room. As we were in Detroit, we're sitting down, preparing to see what's, what's gonna happen during the day, we're watching meet the press. They have an MSNBC panel in which they rag on him. Like it's a which, panel that's which, just going in on him. Which to preface uh, uh, and to give a little bit of a, of a prologue to what you're about to say, where are you gonna find guys like us from where we're from doing that type of shit. I just want to put that out there, but go ahead. In a Detroit, in a Detroit uh, hotel, <laughs> watching Meet the Press before we go enjoy the day, right? And and just, like, the, the level bitch, of... your man ain't like me, bitch. Yeah! <laughs> but yeah, so, so what was so crazy to me is that as we were watching it, we were a bit... Not that we're on the Ramaswamy train, we're on the real train. Like, whoever says some real shit, we fuck with it. And so, if you say some, if you have valid points, we're gonna, we're gonna be like, all right, I'm still, I'm still Trump all day, but, yeah. but my thing is like, is like, I, I, I'm liking what I see for the future, what the exactly. future could be. And it's really because of him, but we'll get into that right now. But I, I, I said, as we were st staring at, at the screen, watching these motherfuckers try to delegitimize de everything Ramaswamy has said by either his age, by him being a newcomer. I was like, wow, Ramaswamy won the debate. That was literally what told everybody in that room that he won that debate was the fact that everybody now has to focus on him and break everything down yeah, that all, he has to say. All of them on the stage, except DeSantis, start attacking him and then afterwards, the mainstream starts attacking him. Yeah. Because mind you, that was his first mainstream exposure, yeah. that debate. And then now the mainstream is alerted to him. Meanwhile, the big dog's been aware of this motherfucker, been putting out episodes about this motherfucker, reading his books, talking to family and friends about him. 
But now the mainstream, so late to the party, is, oh, we're so focused on Trump, there could be somebody else even younger, you know, without the baggage, that's not DeSantis. What do we do? And you could tell that that segment on Meet the Press, that's what that segment showed me. Because there was a moment where Chuck Todd, like you could tell that the producers were backstage looking for references in the book yeah. to put on the on the screen for Chuck Todd to ask him about. And it got to the point where it was like, it was such a stretch. Yeah. You know, and- And, and, and uh, Ramaswamy didn't fold. When, when, not at when, all, not at all. Because he basically tried to like, uh, uh, he tried to like highlight what what a lefty would consider like maybe like hypocrisy or inconsistencies in in Ramaswamy's uh, position on on the, the on January six and and MAGA Republicans, but it really wasn't like he was basically bringing up like we can't operate like the left, and if there are grievances, the grievances that we try to to have rectified have to be based on facts like the fact that the hunter biden laptop story was suppressed by big tech and he did great he did great at you know because because yeah maybe he's not going to go like the ballot harvesting route or like you know the the route of like how all these joe biden ballots were dropped uh in the middle of the night or anything like maybe he's not going to go that route but he's still saying you all have a legitimate grievance, but let's focus on the legitimacy and not like get into the weeds. And yeah. I could respect that. Yeah. Now, now the I, I, I wanna I wanna go back. So first, I could tell their agenda right from the rip. Because when they started the program, they they started talking about Trump, because obviously that's the you know news story of the week, is Trump being arrested, having his mugshot taken because of the election denial in Georgia, right? Then, so they went, you know, they claiming that Trump and his and his, and his counter or his co cohorts are trying to steal the election, right? Then they pivoted and previewed the Chuck Todd interview with Vivek with the with the um with the lower third of stealing the show so already claiming you know saying that Vivek stole the show at the GOP uh debate so that's very clever wordplay they're trying to tie Trump and his quote unquote stealing the election to Vivek trying to put that you know stealing uh, negative connotation onto his name. Very, very subtle wordplay. And the second thing that they did, they're very good at that. The 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 to, first to the untrained eye. Yeah. Correct. The un, the untrained eye would not pick up on that, but I, I pride myself in training myself a little bit, you know. But the second thing that they did, they oh Chuck Todd opened the interview talking about the shooting that happened in, I think it was Florida, where alleged some alleged white supremacists shot and killed three black people. And that was the first thing that came out of Chuck Todd's mouth, all of a vague, what would you do? There's, there seems to be more uh, violent extremism on the right than it is the left. And he tried to muck up the conversation with race. 
which is often what happens in this country. There's so much talk about race, and they they spent like the first probably ten minutes of the of the conversation talking about race, talking about something that, that really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. So, and I can tell Vivek is very he's what what's impressed me so far. He's seems to be professionally trained when it comes to debates and media performances because he I mean he didn't flinch I mean he had just but he's just entering politics I think that's just who this guy is you know what annoys me Uh, a lot of like the I guess I don't know if what, what would you consider like anomaly he's definitely not a MAGA guy no, I'm talking about the, the, the YouTuber or not. Anti-establishment, maybe? Anti-establishment. Uh, he's definitely conservative. Yeah. No, oh, no, he's not. He's not MAGA. He's, he's, he's come not, out and said that he... Yeah. He, yeah, he's not MAGA. He's anti-establishment. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's definitely conservative. Yeah. yeah. So his types, a lot of the... Uh, especially him, he said this. He's like, oh, I don't trust this guy. And then he posted the, the video of... Uh, Vivek when he was like, I'm pretty sure you guys are wondering who's this skinny guy with the funny last name. That was a sarcastic joke. Yeah. And like everybody keeps using that as a clip online. Yeah. I'm like, do you motherfuckers not know comedy? So what happens? So so uh, nearsighted because if 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 you if you listen to what Vivek said throughout the course of the debate, he is very in tune with the way that Obama ran his campaigns because do you remember there was another point in time where where Chris Christie brought that up he brought yeah. that up on the stage oh the last time I heard a guy say that was Ob- was Obama this that and the third and you have his same experience this that and the third and then Vivek went on to say he's like yeah you also gave him a hug when he won so come give me that damn hug brother like yeah. letting him know like yeah I'm over there was a reason that I did that and you basically fell into my trap yeah 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 100% that's it. And boxing is what you would call a trap set the guy up so he could do exactly what you want him to do basically yeah and then came and and then uh he answered it that way so he he, he had a rebuttal but then later on that really put the 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 ugly on on Christie yeah yep and so to me, that showed me that Ramaswamy was keeping it light, but also jabbing back. But I'm, I'm now excited to see how he'll approach the next debates. Yeah. Like, are you going to go a little bit more ham? Are you going to, what, what's going to be the approach? The only thing I would say to him right now is because we've talked about this in past podcasts and we talked about this as a group of friends on this trip. He definitely has that Kanye thing where like if you get the ego going he will start to let off because you saw it a little bit in the debate yep like don't get unhinged or don't come off as unhinged when that happens yeah yeah. because it's very easy because those of us that do have that we're like once our ego sparks like we we start to want to get real busy it's very easy to other people to look come off as unhinged even though you're not yeah but it it, it's easy for people to frame you in that way so you have to be careful with that and i and i just hope he is careful with that because he definitely has it and it's nice to see and it is needed 
but you have to know when to dial it back, which I think he did very good with that. He was very tempered yeah. in the debate for especially how like how uh, uh, much of a, of a novice he is in that territory yeah. and how much he was being attacked. The pressure was definitely on. He performed well, but I could see like like the, the point, like you noticed it right away when he was like, first off, like everybody here is bought and paid for. If that was not some like Kanye slash Trump type shit, I don't yeah. know what is. <laughs> I love it, but just be careful because it, you know. It, he has it, his own brand going. Trump gets away with it, but Trump, is the one who that's who trump is yeah and so you have to somehow bring in something different to the table and still remain original which he's been able to do and has paved his own lane and so you don't want to become mini trump either yeah i I'm, mean for the sake of your i'm already super excited for the next debate though yeah, yeah. already you can you can tell vivek has a strong understanding of of media and I think um, it, it kind of alluded to um, what someone said in that uh, Rudy Giuliani documentary. Like Giuliani and Trump, they all they all have a strong understanding of, of the media and, and how to come across. Because that's that's one of the things I took away in a debate about Vivek is he was the only guy up there smiling. He was he was smiling. He was, he, he like he was having a good time. He's playing yeah. with house money, and he was and the every, most assertive as well. And everyone, and everyone yeah, else, Santos was pretty assertive too. Yeah, I mean, Christie had it. Pence, Pence was assertive. Yeah, but, you know, true. From, but but when they were asked questions, the only guy who was like the body language was straight to it, always first in line, always first to, to enter the battle was Ramaswamy. Yeah, I feel like that also has a lot to do with like his youthfulness, because there's something about, well, he, we're the same generation. Because I was gonna say there's something about him that like connects to us, like, like that. Just like the movement, like there's like a, oh god, at, at, at the risk of of of, of sounding uh, modish, but there's something. There's like a like a swag about it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Cause I, I I compare him to like Tim Scott. Tim Scott looked like a cardboard cutout. Yeah, there, like, yeah, yeah. Or or the guy who's the guy from North Dakota. I would have much rather had Larry, Larry Elder, Elder up there, and like <laughs> I would have traded Tim Scott, uh, Asa Hutchinson, and and Doug Burnham. I I, I would have traded those three just for Larry Elder to be there. Yeah. Well, those motherfuckers were not even needed. Like, yeah. you have no chance. Get out of here. Yeah, like the way Doug Burnham got into qualified for the debate was was a load of BS. He gave, he said, "Hey, donate one dollar to my campaign, and I'll give you a gift card for twenty dollars." <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, so like that is that's allowed, but Larry Elder couldn't make the debate because you know just. Which was crazy because Larry Elder that week uh, had a, a stint over at a, what was it, the Breakfast Club. Clown suited them. Yeah, God, he fucking man. destroyed them. And so it would have been interesting to see like him on the stage. I don't feel like he would have um, won the debate, but I, feel, I still feel that I would have found it vastly more interesting than some of those candidates that were there. That everybody forgot as soon as the debate, as soon as they, uh, the debate uh, ended and everyone left the debate stage, because it's like nobody cares what you have to say. 
And so to me, that's also another uh, issue, in my opinion, is uh, the fact that they haven't learned. Like, when Trump debated that first time in the primaries, it was like a million Republicans on stage. Yeah. Nobody knew most of these people. He was ragging on them. He said, that's why, I remember when he was like, uh, that's why you're at the end of the uh, the, the debate stage because you're on your way out or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so to me, it was like, um, you guys got to do a better job of picking your person. Why is there like 20 million people? You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially if, if it's a bunch of establishment types. Well, and, here's, here's and, a, and, and to piggyback off of what you're saying, I don't mean to interrupt you, Vince, but, but to piggyback off of what you're saying, I feel like that's why we're going to see so many more attacks on Ramaswamy because I think for as whatever level of fear they had with DeSantis, like, you know, with the way he gets down in Florida, I feel like it's going to be double or triple that for Ramaswamy because one, he's not established, man. He comes from the private world. That's number one. Number two, his age. Number three, the, the the his trajectory thus far, I feel like that's even more scary because now we're getting into the realm of this is a guy that's not white, he's young, he's very disarming, like he's able to like basically I don't you saw him on Club Random, but basically he got Bill Maher to for he he was able to get get Bill Maher to say that he would vote for him. Yeah, you know like he's how. Good. That's that's very good, and but also the mainstream and the establishment and the elite. Like, how scary is that for them? Because now it's like, fuck! Like, all these Trumps are popping up. Like, like, what do we do? You know? And and that that is that's why I, I, I'm so interested in, in in what's going on with them. Like, it's um, not not I get not to pivot totally off of the vague. But I, I think it's a point that I think it's an important point surrounding the debate as a whole. And Charlie Kirk is like one of the old. He's the only guy that I've I've heard mention this point. The GOP is spending all of this money having debates and you know having the primaries and and, and, and you know going over the regular. Uh, status quo course of, of picking the candidate, the Democrats said, nah, we ain't having no debate, ain't, ain't finna be no election, ain't finna be no primary, Biden's our guy. Yeah. And Trump, Bernie so Sanders was echoed that on Meet the Press. Oh, he did? Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know if you would went to get coffee or what, but he echoed that. That was in the segment after Ramaswamy. Oh, okay. And like, and it's like, yo, like Trump is up 50 points, 40, 50 points. Like, why are we, why are we going through this? Now, yeah. I think it's good though, because it's giving us the opportunity to see the future though. It's very because important to see that too. Because Trump is not like, this is it for Trump. Either he's going to win or, or that's it. Yeah. That like, so what do we, what else do we have? And to me, what I like about it to use a, a meta, a Batman metaphor, Trump is Batman. We know that. Like you're 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 the you're the you're the dark knight. We we know that about you. So now 
who is taking up the mantle? Is it gonna be Batman Beyond? Is it gonna be Nightwing? Like, who who's gonna who takes over for Batman? And is it an is it a Robin? You know? And so it's just like as long as it's not Superman. It's like which Robin is Vivek? Is he Nightwing? Uh, 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 yeah. Dick Grayson? Is he Jason Todd? Uh, the Red Hood? You know what I'm saying? Is he Red Robin? So like, which which one is he? Is he Damian Wayne? You know, like, yeah. And, and and that that's interesting. And not only that, but at some point, like especially a guy like Vivek, like you have to build your audience. You have to build. You have to have a grassroots uh, movement. And I think he's doing very well for himself for the future. Yeah, it's um. I mean, that I mean, I guess that's a. It's hard to argue that point. Seeing the seeing the future of the GOP, but man, I would I sure would like to like. Hey man, let's was it? Let's 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 stop wasting all this money and you know, because because listen, if DeSantis was up forty points, man, they wouldn't be having no debate. They wouldn't be doing none of this. They'd be like, oh yeah, DeSantis Let is me our ask guy. A question to you guys: Did you guys think that that shit was out of touch when they said that they, they started the whole debate with Richmond? Out of Richmond? Out of touch? No, I, I it seemed I, a little bit con- contrived for 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 Fox. Like I don't see Fox getting down with that type of shit. So it seemed forced. Yeah. I, I think it it was probably forced, but I think it was probably forced because they had to, because it was such a popular song resonating with so many people. They probably the producers are like, hey man, let's let's try to shoehorn this. You could in see there. you could see how out of touch uh, DeSantis was, like, because he answered the question, but it didn't like have that like ground level feel to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that's DeSantis and and Joe Biden and all these people. That is a that's a hazard of professional politician like politicians should not be a career politicians should just be civic duty like that's that that's what you do to at least try to pass something along to the next generation or or help you know civic duty and that when when you've been in politics when you've been in dc so long you just naturally become out of touch vivek has mentioned this that he's you know, with Trump, you you can only be an outsider once, and I think I think that's shit. A, you, it seems like he's being an outsider <laughs> twice. <and> I, <laughs> They're trying to get rid of his ass, and I, I think Vivek. That's that's one of the reasons he's resonating because he's never been in the system before, and like so, like now he's trying to build off of that outsider mantra that Trump did in 2016. But this is what fucking three guys from Chicago and Detroit are thinking about on their way back. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode despite the quality being a little bit different. But mind you, we are on the road. So at all costs, we are going to bring you an episode. Um Thank you guys so much for listening. Show to continue to grow because you guys keep listening. So keep on listening. Remember, if we talk about something that you know somebody would be interested in, 
Please share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website, donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merch. And if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.